Welcome to Kirti Kundalini Podcast, where we discuss spiritual insights, tips, and tools for exalted living. Now, let me just preface by saying that I am not a doctor, nor am I qualified really in any way to be giving you advice, medical or otherwise, but I'm here to share a candid discussion about my own journey through trauma recovery and emotional energetic healing. On this podcast, I'll be sharing with you an ideological perspective guided by my own interpreted inspirations. What is she talking about? Tune in, you'll find out. These inspirations have and continue to give me relief from suffering and the tools to live a life I love. My name is Leah Gibson. Welcome. Hey guys, welcome back to Kriti Kundalini Podcast. Welcome. So as an introduction to this podcast episode, I want to start off by sharing a personal story with you, something that happened to me, an experience that happened to me exactly a year ago from right now. And ever since this personal experience happened to me, it was so impactful. It was so influential to me. And it took a period of integration from this big experience for me to really sort of acclimatize to what what happened for me, what what it felt like. And ever since then, I've I've been changed because of this experience. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. But I've been kind of seeking a way to explain this somehow or share it, but it's not something that people are used to hearing about. So ultimately, I think it's taken me a year to finally arrive at this particular podcast episode, which I will introduce the topic of in a few moments for me to be able to talk about this and really share my personal takeaway from what happened. So before I begin, it's pretty out there. (laughs) Well, here you are on this podcast and I find myself apologizing from time to time for really how far I go with the woo-woo stuff, but it's pretty out there. So bear with me. I'll try to dial it in and bring it home as I do try to do with you guys as much as I can. So so this is going to give you a little bit more of an insight into some of my personal practice my spiritual practices on the daily basis. So my work always involves some form of meditation. And one of the things that meditation can lead to when you're open-minded is calling in and working with and, and collaborating with different healing energies. And so one of my most sacred practices of my personal spiritual practices are what I like to call circling. And that's something that I do with a very dear girlfriend of mine who's also proficient in these works. And when we're in the same city, we get together and we spend an evening circling, which means ultimately engaging in ceremonious meditation practices together, and most specifically working with different energies that may present. It sounds a little lofty, but ultimately these energies can show up in the form of personas, persons, past, people that have passed on, energies that have passed on, varying beings. You see where I'm going. And as this podcast is in extension of information that I receive from a collective of energy beings that I work with on an ongoing basis, when my girlfriend and I get together, we work with varying other collectives. That sort of idea. Told ya. (laughs) So this one particular evening that we circled, we had an experience with a particular type of being that made a, a direct contact with me in a way that I will never be over. 
And I say that in the best way possible. And these experiences are so special and they're so beautiful because ultimately it it means attuning our energy to a higher frequency to be able to receive and engage with in energetic transmission these other beings. And the teachings can be informative. The collective I work with is very much information-based. Or sometimes the transmission can be purely energetic. And sometimes it's a combination of both in varying degrees. Now, this evening that I'm speaking about this particular event was me connecting with a type of energy being called the Lemurians. They identify as the Lemurians. And they're not a a type of collective that I uh, have a particular allegiance to that I work with personally and on, on an ongoing basis. But the purpose that I'm trying to tell you, if I haven't lost you already, is that the experience of me relating with them energetically and receiving the energetic transmission that was shared, offered, delivered to me, and the teaching that went with it was something that has forever changed me in the way that I perceive and experience relating to others with love and myself. And what I want to share about this experience is essentially the topic of this podcast episode, which is devoted to the topic of divine love. So my engagement with these beings that night a year ago was... It, how do I even describe it? How do I even put it into words? It was like having my energetic resonance join with a golden light that felt so vibrant and so richly peaceful, deeply loving, and from a collective body that was expansive beyond a singular focus before me. The teaching and the message from them with this energetic transmission was so gentle and yet it was so frank and it was delivered with intent for me to understand what love without agenda feels like. And now this was the message delivered to me that night was the way that this collective of beings relates to one another, the way they love one another is without agenda. It is without any form of manipulation. It is non-transactional. It is frank and pure and very simple. The way that they relate to one another within the collective is pure. It's simple. The relating is clear. It's not muddied. It's not burdened. It's not constrained. It's not covert in any way. And their relation to the earth as well was what was also transferred to me was their relationship to Mother Earth, to all living things, is so non-transactional. It is a give and take as organically as is a natural breath that we take. I've talked about this before in metaphor. It is to always extend oneself within the collective in service as is available to be given. It is never taking more than one needs and it is never relating to any other in any other way than this simple, frank, pure, honest, loving connection of one to the other. Their connection to me in that experience was one for me to feel, and it was very much a felt experience for me. It was one for me to feel as a commentary on 
their observation with how humans relate to other and to Mother Earth, their observation of the collective of humanity experiencing pain as symptom of having been led astray in varying ways of relating to other, out of greed, out of overtaking, out of fearing the other, out of manipulation, out of agenda-based relating, and that if we could only relate to one another the way that they perceive us, the way that they love one another, which is so frank and so simple and so loving. Now, what I've just described to you is just my words describing the sensations of what I felt, but to be in reception of what that experience was, was so powerful and at the same time so gentle. I remember for a few days after that experience, I would find myself spontaneously weeping, just filling with love for the people close to me, my friends, my family, and people that walked by me. I felt so moved by this idea and so appreciative of the people close to me that loved me this way, and so intent on seeking to embody that element of relating to everyone at all times. And, you know, does it mean that I'm a perfect human? Absolutely not. Does it mean that I've never been affected since? Absolutely not. Does it mean I've never had a bad mood or complained about my parents or (laughs) all of these things? No, it doesn't. But I remember that state and I realign to it on a regular basis. I truly mean that. And so in honor of this story, in honor of that magical experience that I had that did change me, this podcast episode is devoted to the topic of divine love. Last episode, we talked about attachment energetic bonding to other. And this is an expansion of that idea. Divine love. Stay tuned. I've got some ideas for you. And so my experience from a year ago has really, truly enriched the way that I relate to my relationships to people that I love, to people that challenge me, even to myself, to my dog, to my plant life. It's really shifted something in my perspective that I can't imagine ever carrying on without. And something that I will talk in detail a little bit later in this podcast episode are the effects in which it's had in me being able to identify really not only what the experience of divine love is as a practice, as a state of being, but also most especially in what divine love is not. And so that's something I'm going to be talking about a little bit later on. But for now, an introduction in in jumping into the content on divine love. I also have, as I always do, channeled with the collective I work with on a regular basis, And they've shared with me an energetic transmission, the metaphor visual that I will be speaking on today. So when we talk about divine love, what I'm referencing is a state of being. And this state of being is something that I have lightly referenced before with regards to kundalini yoga concepts. And in kundalini yoga, we have a Sanskrit gurumukh word that we refer to called pratyahar. Pratyahar is living in the flow 
of this recognition of the state of being of divine love. And truly what it is, is recognizing God, source, in all others and in all other creatures. In the most joyful moments of our life, we say thank you to God that God should deliver this experience, could create this experience for us. We recognize God in the other with which we embrace. It is a state of being of appreciation for all that is magnificent as it has been created perfectly. And it is a state of being, being that it is a fluid experience as we carry on and move through the affairs of our life in the human form. I have to candidly share with you, you may know by now, my personal distaste for platitudes. I really have a distaste for platitudes when people just kind of slap a platitude on your back and walk away. It's perhaps it's a form of setting energetic boundaries with someone else not wanting to engage with them (laughs) in a vulnerable manner. But to me, they feel like empty words. And I always am intent on exploring any element of truth behind a platitude and really kind of deciphering the integrity within it. And so I've really been through some challenging times, as I have shared now in varying episodes with you at this point, And though it is not a platitude in the most challenging times that I experienced, I really had a hard time with the self-love culture that seemed to be splashed around social media and really kind of modern day forms of (laughs) happy-go-lucky, grin and bear it, let's be joyful all the time business. It is really disconcerting to have that be presented to you as a form of coping when it feels so far away from any kind of relatable experience. And so the idea that you can only know real love in other with relating to other when you know love for yourself, when you love yourself. And to me, I went through the longest period of aggravation about the concept of self-love. I just thought, can someone speak English to me? It felt so foreign. It felt so far away. And so why I'm bringing this up is because it's a really interesting idea that the guides have delivered to me about the concept of divine love as a state of being. And they've broken it down for me in three different formats of the experience of divine love. Divine love is an experience of ourselves on a deeper sensory level. And so they have shown it to me and delivered it to me in the recognition of source of God, of creation in all living things. So as a state of being, it feels like the aha moment of the recognition of, oh, there's God. And again, in Kundalini Yoga, we have this Vish mantra, of the root mantra, a seed mantra of Wahe Guru. Wahe Guru means, wow, God is great. Wahe Guru is something that we utilize in chanting and various kriyas and meditations. Wahe Guru is to live in exaltation of 
the state of pratyahar, to live in exaltation of the recognition of what is. And so as it's channeled to me, the experience of this on a deeper sensory level is one of feeling the expansive nature of what we are in joining, in receiving, in being received, in being connected to, and in feeling an expansion of the collective energy coming together. And that is divine love. That is the experience of God, the experience of source, the experience of life force energy, expansion, which is what we came here to do. And so the first place we can experience that is within the self, within the self, where the finite self, the personality self, the environmentally interfacing self that is sexually identified and gender identified perhaps, that is identified with particular ideas and a sense of style that has been developed to be a particular way. And all of these manners in which we have shaped ourselves and formed ourselves to express physically in the physical embodiment and in the personality expressions as well. With a finite self meets the infinite self. I've spoken on this before. Yoga means to yoke, to merge. It is the experience of merging the finite self to the infinite self. And how it's been channeled to me in visual is that there's a focal point where this connection, this merging takes place. And we can feel it in the heart center and we can feel it in shunya, in the zero state, in the expansive state, where we go neutral, where we go zero, where we go expansive beyond our physical form. And that experience, the focal point, the meeting place between the finite and the infinite of who we are is the Wahe Guru moment of knowing God within the self. That is self-love. If someone had explained that to me <laughs> when I was in the fetal position, quite having just a hard time with it, I might have been like, oh, well, you know, you broke it down for me. <laughs> it is also, you know, wonderful self-care and all of these face masks, have a pedicure, whatever your, whatever your jam is, you know, but it is out of appreciation for out of the Wahe Guru experience of, oh, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this experience beautiful? This deeper sensory experience, this wow, this is God. This is life force energy moving through me. And I meet that place on a daily basis in meditation. Hence, I am here speaking to you about meditative practices. Now, the second manner in which this can be experienced is, of course, when the energy of who and what we really are in the constant current of the continuous self meets and merges to join with another. This experience is one of union. It's one of, again, receptivity, being received and receiving fluidly of connecting, of landing. It's landing not in a way in which it stops, it lands to stops, but it is when we are being received and when we are receiving and when there's authentic connection 
through recognition of the God in other as we know it in ourselves, our most authentic signature frequency self as it expresses through us, as individualized through us in particular ways, and we vibrate in the resonance of who and what we really are, that currency, that frequency that is pure, and it merges with another. It is perceived by another and vice versa. Then the focal point shifts from the finite self to the infinite, which is knowing God within self, the focal point shifts, the Waheguru focal point shifts to the joining between the two. And then we can add others and have a collective joining. And then this can be experienced in a group setting, in a family setting. But the offering is to use your perception of this focal point of reception as the wahe guru, as the placement of merging. So terms that come especially to mind with this are attunement and resonance. We want to really deeply, sensorially know our resonance, our energetic resonance, as it merges and attunes to that of other. And when we communicate to other in this way, we are sharing, receiving, connecting, bonding in a healthy manner, using these bonding ectoplasmic pathways as relay stations of the divine. And so the third type of divine love is a state of being in the form of pratyahar that can be experienced as has been taught to me, channeled through me, is that of receiving and bonding and delivering a creative idea. And how it's being shown to me is the same way, is the same idea of the recognition of the deeper sensory experience of being in the state of recognizing the focal point of merging and expanding in this energetic matter of where the life force energy stream of consciousness flows through us and we experience the expanded state of this either within the self, attuning our resonance to that of another and experiencing the focal point of this expanded state of being in divine love reception to the other or to that of a creative idea. The invitation is to develop the sensory awareness of this focal point experience. And as we can do this, it's sort of like developing a new language with ourselves, being able to identify this state of being and recognize it and even call upon it at will. I mean, that's my jam. That's why. That's one of the reasons I'm here talking about all this stuff. So let's talk about the practical application of some of these ideas. It can be easy to say and harder to do, maybe, the idea of finding the state of pratyahar, of divine love, this state of all expansion and wellness and connectivity with other when we're in the hustle of our day, when we're in the frenetic activity of relating with environment and changing gears quickly and sometimes not doing it very well. I mean, I'm speaking of myself right now. 
And so how can we as energetic beings in the physical form of the human embodiment, when we're constantly interfacing with the pressure, tension, stress, and frictions, as my teacher Guru Singh has identified of relating with environment, how is it possible? What is the practical application of bringing in this idea of divine love? As with all things, we can develop the recognition of when we are not relating from the expanded state, when we are not attuning our resonance to that of another, and when we are not in the heartfelt transmission of receiving the other and opening ourselves in this way. We can recognize that on a sensory level when we are not in that place. And sometimes it takes taking a pause, even stepping away if it's appropriate, which I highly recommend should be appropriate when we feel like we need to, politely excusing ourselves, going to the bathroom, taking a deep breath, regrounding in the physical form, returning to this commitment and remembering, remembering ourselves back into the full presence so that when we step out and re-engage, we can do it with the commitment of attuning our resonance to the other and setting the focal point from heart to heart. This type of relating is one called anahat, which is a Sanskrit gurumukh word in reference to calling on our full presence to relate from the heart center as a point of delivery to the other. It's not about what is being said. It's about delivering ourselves in attunement to the resonance of the other with the focal point between heart to heart and commanding our full presence with this committed engagement. This is anahat. Anahata is a Sanskrit reference to the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. When we feel out of the state of being with which we wish to come from, sidestep, take a breath, come back, and anahat. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the idea of divine love as an experience. How do we identify it within the self, within merging with other, and within the experience of creating, either with source or with source and other? And now I want to just take a few minutes and talk about some of the identifications of what divine love is not. As I mentioned, with my opening story, my beautiful experience in connecting with the energy beings identified as the Lemurians. One of the most profound takeaways from that experience for me was in being able to identify what is not the experience of what they showed me. And that was a really important piece of the message in relating with them that night. What is not the state of being of divine love are the multitude of complexes and mechanisms of relating with other, even with the self, that we develop, that we cultivate, that we practice, and that we continuously consent to subconsciously in ways that then consecrate, because we are ever creating beings. Consecrate meaning come to life through our sacred devotion of our attention and focus. What we consent to becomes consecrated because we continue 
continue to devote ourselves to it even subconsciously. And so in this way, we can develop these patterns and habits of relating with other, with ourselves that ultimately develop as extensions as relative to initial trauma imprints to experiences where we've been aggravated by environment have interpreted the events to create an ongoing narrative a commentary a seed belief that we ourselves are somehow separate from the flow of love that is source goes to say that we develop patterns and habits of relating with other, with ourselves, with regards to love through the idea of self-protection. But the very basis of that idea, any idea based on the concept of self-protection is ultimately dissolved when we arrive at the focal point of who and what we really are. There is nothing to be protected from ultimately with regards to love. (laughs) Love is the state of expansion of our true selves. And so these complexes, these patterns and habits that we develop can be manifest in so many different ways. Attachment styles, for instance, in a grander way, even personality disorders, varying neuroses. But all of these patterns and habits through the theme of these teachings, which have been delivered to me, are on seeking focus and attention from other. So it is that they are focused on seeking love from outside of ourselves. And this is ultimately deduced to a core belief that we are separate from love. Replace that with God, replace that with source, replace that with universe. When we function in ways, in patterns and habits of relating to other, to ourselves, in seeking attention and focus and energy from others because we somehow believe subconsciously that we are not our true selves extensions of source creation. We're going to be subconsciously consenting to patterns of relating intent on energy harvesting. And this was my powerful takeaway from my initial experience a year ago. It was as revelatory as it was painful, as it was profoundly exciting to recognize that I had the ability to call myself out on any of my forms of relating to other that might be operating in this manner and surrender them and dissolve them and know the state of being of divine love instead. It was this profound flip around. Energy harvesting is when we seek to covet that from another, which truly comes from source, which truly comes from self. It can be deduced in the idea of recognizing any form of manipulation, any form of agenda-based I've used this before, transactional relating. I will do this if you give me that. What can I get out of this? I mean, there are varying ways in which we relate and interplaying and exchanging, sure. But the state of being of divine love is one of soul recognition, reception, and connection. So can we exchange goods and services with attuning our resonance to other in receiving, merging, and joining? Can we flow divine love? through it too? And can we always act in service of the highest good in knowing what we now know? Right action with a capital R-A is not always easy. It is 
always gratified beyond what could possibly be comprehended because it is in honoring the truth of another, the truth of ourselves, and the truth of God, of source, of the universe, of life force energy expanding. And it's what we're here to do. So look, I know I just talked a lot at you with a lot of information and I'm going to close out this first segment of this podcast episode and transition you on to part two, where I'm going to recap everything we just talked about. I'm going to share with you a personal story of my experience in combating a moment of tension of when I was really, truly out of the Anahata state, let me tell you, and how I've utilized some of these ideas to really right track quite quickly. And then I'm going to go ahead and lead you through a meditation in support of the channeled teaching for this episode. So stay tuned. I'll see you in part two. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Kirti Kundalini Podcast. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to rate and comment on the material on Apple iTunes. This helps support my sole purpose of sharing these teachings into the world as Apple will promote my material based on this type of platform interaction. Additionally, I invite you to share this episode, share this podcast series on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, shout it from the rooftops, tell your friends in whatever way you feel called to do so. Again, it helps me to get these teachings, which are my sole purpose, out into the world. And I thank you from my heart. And as always, always, please don't hesitate to be in touch with me with your questions, queries, your thoughts and feelings. I am here for it. You can find me on my platform, kirtikundalini.com. You can sign up for the email list, which is a great way to keep in touch with me. And it's where I will also share all of the opportunities to work with me individually. If this calls to you in any way, thank you so much for being here. Lots of love. I'll see you soon.